You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, preppy and peppy pandemonium of positive pandas and podcast patrons. This is Good Job Brain, your quirky quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 211. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your team of two twosomes touting and talking terrific topics. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. I saw a fun article while I was reading my Twitter feed, and I thought, I got to share this with you guys. And I forgot to share it with you guys. That was last show. So let me share it with you now. Uh, I saw a headline and I thought this is the kind of thing that might show up in like a tie break round or something. Mm. Okay. At trivia. So there was basically a new Guinness certified world record for biggest painting sale ever. And I don't mean biggest painting sale, like most amount of money. I mean, the world's largest painting has sold. Oh, okay. Uh. For, yeah. So for quite a lot of money, it was at a charity auction. So the headline I saw is uh, world's largest painting sells for $62 million at Dubai auction. So I had to read this. Yeah, this is the largest painting in the world. And now I, I was thinking to myself, like, I know a little bit How about art. Yeah, I've seen, I, you know, I'm not to be too jaded. I'm like, I've seen some big paintings. I, I've been, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I've, I've been in front of uh, the Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Shot, you know, the one at the Art Institute of Chicago, famously in the Ferris Bueller uh, movie, the 10 feet by six and a half feet. I also know that like Guernica, you know, Picasso's yes, famous. Yeah, yeah. I know like that one, I've never been there in person in Madrid, but that one's like 25 feet wide and 11 and a half feet tall. So I'm thinking like, okay, it's going to be pretty big. This painting is 17,000 square feet. That's like a house. Yeah. Oh, it like, is. It is <laughs> like a it mansion. Is, it is not something that okay, you could fit okay. inside yeah. your house. On yeah. a wall. So what do they, so they roll it up and put it in a tube, I guess? So this is yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a painting called "The Journey of Humanity" by a British artist named Sasha Joffrey. Uh, I, I was not familiar with his work before. I looked it up. Apparently, one of the things he's known for is fairly large scale works. Uh, he uh, he lives and works in Dubai. And while the pandemic had kind of shut everything down for most of the last year, he decided he was going to plan an extra large painting in the ballroom of a hotel that was basically going unused. So he has this gigantic, gigantic grand canvas. It's, you know, it's fairly abstract. It's like drips and splatters and, and not necessarily representational. It was sold for charity, uh, which is one reason I think why it sold for so much. And originally the plan was to slice it up. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say. Yeah, how- and sell it in 60 pieces, I guess, to raise $30 million dollars. Uh, but the buyer, the buyer, there was one what buyer who said, no, it would be a shame to slice this thing up. I will pay more than $60 million. It's not just large. I mean, this is preposterously large. Yeah. Apparently the buyer is having a special museum built just to display this thing. I okay. guess we'll see Whoa. if that happens. They got, they got money well. to build museums. They're like, yeah. whatever. What, what is money? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I broke I broke down the math here, right? So it's 62 million, 17,000 square feet. Uh, that comes out to over $3,600 per square foot. 
And now I have to tell you, like, if you're just looking to cover some ground, like you can go over to Home Depot and, you know, for like $6 a square foot, they'll give you some <laughs> really nice artificial turf. Oh my like, God, you, can, you, guys. you can do, yeah, a lot we better. We should make a bigger painting. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll cut it into tiny squares. <laughs> Yeah, send them to everybody. Each person yeah. gets a one inch square. Well, well actually, we, we what we do is we do it as an NFT, so we don't even have to make it. <laughs> yeah. just the That's idea cool. of it. We just right. need to write the biggest painting ever on a piece yep. of paper and take a photo yep. and then sell that as an yep. NFT. Yep. So seventeen hundred square feet, seventeen thousand. So, oh, oh, oh my god! I thought it was, yeah, oh, yeah, it was like a house. Okay, seventeen thousand square, square feet. feet. Importantly certified by the Guinness Book of World Records. Someone asked me this question, and I thought it was really cool, and I'm going to throw it out to you guys. What would you want to be your last meal? Oy. So it's like, you're going to burn it all down anyway, so you may as well just go out. <laughs> While you guys are thinking, I'll share What's yours? Mine. I, yeah. would guess, I would guess you, I mean, the obvious answer would be pizza, but I think you're going to go deeper than Ooh. that. It might be surprising, but like what I want is actually pretty simple and not very luxurious nor very expensive or rare. I want a good turkey sandwich on Dutch crunch bread. The proportions have to be to my liking. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah. Oh, man. I, Karen, I, that, that was like actually one of the first things that came to my mind too. That's crazy. It's, it's just – it's so – it's fresh – it has like crunchy lettuce and tomatoes and vegetables. It has sauce. It has the turkey. It has, you know, cheese. And then it has the crunchy Dutch crunch bread, which I think like in the Netherlands, they actually call it tiger bread. And not uh, that's, that's, that's amazing little trivia nugget right there. I'll, let me hook Throw into to that. A, a Bay Area favorite uh, Ike's specific sandwich called the Hunter Pence, uh, which is like a turkey <laughs> right. sandwich. Uh, I, I think I can I can hook into that. I, I think if I knew I was going to have my last meal, I would actually want a full Thanksgiving style dinner, like the roast turkey, the stuffing, the gravy, the pies. That's like my favorite meal that I look oh, forward to full, the most. Yeah. Or, or, or are you asking like just a single thing? Oh, no, that's fine. Whatever okay. you want. Oh, yeah. No, the whole deal. The whole deal. Yeah. I mean, uh, surprising no one. I guess I have to go with Japanese curry. But with what? Well, I mean, you have so many toppings. Oh, though. I see. I see. I see. Oh, it would have it would have tonkatsu. I mean, I've tried all of the katsus. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the the regular pork tonkatsu um, and cheese. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go wild. I'm gonna double up on the tonkatsu. I'm gonna have two tonkatsu yeah. with this curry. Yeah. Because really, like, I'm dying. Right. So yeah. Just yeah. Throwing caution to the wind. This is this is making me think like I, you know I should eat every Japanese curry as if it were my last Japanese curry. I think funny enough, I think it's chicken wings. I think I would just oh. have like so many chicken wings, and then I'd take a break. And then I'd have frozen chocolate covered raspberries. Wow. That's, yeah. You know, like that's wet, want. dry, sauced, you know, dry rub, oh, fried. No boneless. I'm not a boneless person. That's, those, well, those aren't chicken wings. <laughs> they're not, but they're like always like, oh, do you want boneless chicken wings? And I'm like, this is just chicken nuggets. This is not. Oh, lemon pepper is like a musket, Ooh. some buffalo, barbecue, like basically all the flavors. And then <laughs> while my stomach recovers from that ordeal, I, like, like after after I feel okay again, then I have the frozen raspberry, chocolate covered raspberries. Mm, and then like I'm like, that. all right, come take me. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Time to die. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Hot Shot. 
So I'm drawing a random Trivial Pursuit card from the box. Uh, and then you three have your barnyard buzzers. Let's get ready to answer some questions. Blue Wedge for Geography. In which country would you most likely encounter Vegemite on your toast? <laughs> uh, Colin. Uh, I'm going to guess Australia. Australia is correct. Yeah. Vegemite. Or New Zealand. Yes. All right. Pink Wedge, pop culture. Which actress is the off-screen narrator of the TV show Gossip Girl? Oh. Not who who is the Gossip Girl at the end as they reveal. Oh, right, right, Who's right. Who's like the narrator? I didn't is watch the show. So it's not, to be clear, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, not, okay. it's not one of the actors on the show. No. This is narrated by Miss Kristen Bell. Oh. Yes. Okay. It says here she has an on-screen cameo on the series finale. XOXO. This is a question that's, where that's, if, that was printed on the card. That was not <laughs> it was me. printed on the card. Okay. <laughs> All right, Yellow Wedge. Which Supreme Court justice earned the nickname Notorious RBG after she was <laughs> enraged over a Voting Rights Act ruling? I didn't know that part. Oh, that was Dana. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, rest in power. Yeah. I didn't know that part either, that specific yeah. part, that it was tied to an act. I thought it was just had developed. Someone who was clever. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Purple Wedge, in which play did Larry David make his Broadway debut as both an actor and playwright? In which play? Play. <laughs> Colin. Uh, is it The Producers? No, hmm. I've never heard of this, and this is a deep cut. It's oh, okay. It's like okay, fish in the dark. Oh, oh okay. okay. I mean, huh. it was written by Larry David, so it wouldn't have been. Yeah, I thought Seinfeld yeah. the play. Yeah, got right. it. It's like it's like <laughs> way back, way back. Apparent. Got it. Okay. Green Wedge. Which breed of dog was Daddy, who co-starred with animal behaviorist Cesar Milan on the TV show Dog Whisperer? <sighs> oh man, Chris. <laughs> uh, was Daddy a pit bull? Yes, Daddy was okay. a pit bull. Oh. Yeah. The model the dog. It's weird to name your dog Daddy. <laughs> name your dog Daddy. Um, all right, last question, Orange Wedge. Which prestigious event held each summer is the oldest tennis tournament in history? Colin, our resident tennis. Uh, uh, that must be uh, that must be Wimbledon. Yes, it must be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, oh, okay. Right. I don't okay. know. Right. <laughs> it's Wimbledon. Yeah, well, you know, it's, <laughs> obviously. It's, there's, well, there's like the big four. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Wimbledon. Good. Well, guys, spring is in the air. My planter is blooming nicely. The sun is shining. It's springtime, you guys. One of our fan club listeners, uh, uh, Zims Aguayo, suggested talking about things that are plants and in full bloom. All I see are tulips and I'm a hummingbird. Heavenly ambrosia in every curve. Only dripping over my imagination. The fragrance keeps flowing straight down to my soul. What if I can't get you out of my thoughts? Okay, I'll kick it off with a general plant quiz to get the juice, the green blood flowing. Is that what it is? I don't know. No. I'm not. I'm not a gardener, but let's. Uh, it's like poison <laughs> ivy and Batman. All right, so get your barnyard uh, buzzers ready. This is a buzzing kind of quiz, and we'll kick it off with a throwback. When I was talking about crafts, what kind of craft would I be doing if I tied a series of knots to make a plant holder? 
that one, and I think Karen's going to say it too, but this one's macrame, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. macrame. Oh, yeah. macrame. Yeah. Okay. I associate macrame with the 1970s. Like, I just mm-hmm. feel like, like if I had, that just, oh, it's there's so, so big much. now. Is it, is it having a comeback? Macrame's having a yeah. big moment. It's fun. I've tried it. Entertaining, soothing. <laughs> Adult lanyards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. This, yeah. Sorry for the diversion. It just made me think of like at one point, like my mom, like the there were like a bunch of like reeds out in the back of our house and stuff like that. And she was like, Oh, you know, I could like uh take these and you know, do macrame and like tie them into a basket or something like that, you know, just like sitting around in the summer thinking about doing this. And so she goes out and like sits in a chair in the yard and like kind of tying knots and just having fun. You know, we kind of lived in a rural area of Connecticut. People then drove by the house and she heard people in the car going like, oh, look, a basket weaver. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, that was it for the project. She stopped it. She's like, went back inside. She went inside. She didn't want to be a basket weaver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at the simple life. You mentioned the that. simple rustic life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right, right, right. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, what's the eight-letter term for a flowering plant that takes two years to complete its biological life cycle? So this is a... Oh, Ooh. Chris. Biennial. Biennial, yes. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. People are like, oh, I'm going to plant my annuals or my biennials. It means that the plant goes from the seed through through the whole growing and the flowering and then dies. And that's the end of it. So an annual is just, it takes one year. Biennial is, takes two years. Perennial is two or more years. It's not forever. Oh. Or maybe oh. it is. But yeah. Number three. Who was the Greek goddess of flowers in spring? Oh, flowers the in Greek spring. Greek flowers in yeah. spring. Persephone. Persephone. Hey, wow. Yes, yes, yes. Next question. What color were carrots originally? Colin, you had a segment about this. Yeah, yeah. But it was all about orange. If I'm remembering, originally they were kind of like more like a a, a purpley, kind of just brownish purpley-ish. Yes, they were purple. Oh. They started purple and then they- What happened? Trader Joe's, yeah. If I recall, my segment is tied up in uh, in, uh, Dutch nationalism. They started breeding, they started breeding the orange color and selecting for orange. Next question. The bark from which kind of tree is often called nature's aspirin? Oh. Nature's aspirin. Colin? Uh, is it the willow? Yes, the willow. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that before. Like you can kind of, I've heard this. Like, what are you, you supposed chew, to do with it? Chew on it. You can chew oh. on it. Yeah, it's a. it's been a pain reliever and inflammation reducer for centuries. People knew about it. I think that's how they got figured out aspirin is they, they distilled it from the willow. Which U.S. state gets its name from Spanish for flowery, covered with flowers or bounding in flowers? What U.S. state? Oh. oh. Chris? Florida. Florida. The f- Took me <laughs> yeah. a bit. I was like, yeah. flower. Yeah. I love that one because I was like, oh, you could figure that one out if you thought about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Next question. Which large South American country gets its modern name from a type of tree? Oh, okay, not Argentina because it's silver. Oh, Colin. Uh, I think I just a couple weeks ago was reading about this. Is it is it Brazil? It's Brazil. Yeah, oh, okay. Brazil is yeah. named after Brazil wood, not the other way around. And, you know, oh. I, I checked all the other countries just to be sure, and they were all water people or concepts. Oh, as far wow. as I could, yeah. That's checked good. all the other like, countries? Yeah. Animals. <laughs> I mean, there's a limited number. I was just like, okay, sure. what's this one? What's this one? Yeah. yeah. 
What is the 11-letter name for the organelle in a plant cells that conducts photosynthesis? Karen. Chlorophyll. No. That's the... That's the oh the organ the yeah. cellular but it also organ. has eleven letters. I was like shoot, but that's why I was like organelle. What is? Oh and man, I, I used to know this. Yes, Mito- we all used to know this for is sure. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to count. This is mitochondria, right? Yeah, because well, it's organelle. Like I remember, yeah, it, like, the little cross section of the leaf Sweet. and then the little drawing. Yeah, you give up? Yeah, yeah. The chloroplast. Wow. Yeah, More like going way back, going back, way back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Hyperion is the name given to a 600-year-old tree that stands 371 feet tall. What kind of tree is Hyperion? Oh. Chris. Redwood? Yes, the California Redwood. Uh, what's the name of the 2020 Netflix show about florists, sculptors, and gardeners who compete to make elaborate garden displays and sculptures? Karen. Okay. It's called The Great Flower Fight. Not to be confused with the HBO Max florist show in full bloom, but great the great big fl- flower fight. Big flower fight. Oh. Okay. I love British craft competition I know. shows. So They're much. so nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question. Tulip mania, a period in the 1600s when tulips were more valuable than gold, happened in which modern day country? Karen. Netherlands. Yes, the Netherlands. Though at the time it's called the Dutch Republic. Oh, I see. That's why it said modern day. (laughs) Great job, y'all. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. So yeah, Karen, as you mentioned, uh, spring is definitely here. If you look at my yard, there'd be no question. There are uh, blossoms blooming everywhere. We got bees buzzing. Uh, we have hummingbirds coming around. Whoa. And this year did something I've never done before is I went and I bought a hummingbird feeder. So what do you put are- in the feeder? So it's just like sugar water. It's like sugar water oh. at a very specific ratio. Just like just plain white granulated sugar just mixed into water. They can tell their systems can tell the sugar content of of water or nectar that they drink. And if it's if it's too low, they're like, forget it. It's not worth my time and they won't mm, come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Stomach space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in fact, if it's if it's too high, it can cause like, you know, behavioral problems and stuff. Like they'll be like, they'll be like, I will kill you if you come near this thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so watching the hummingbird drink, I just marveling at nature. It's just how the plants and the animals evolve together to have these awesome relationships. And I think the hummingbird is just such a clear example of that. Like he's got the tiny little beak, super long and thin. And and the hummingbird feeder has, they're, they're plastic, but they're fake flowers on the front with a little hole in the middle. <laughs> you know, I mean, psychologically, I think that's as much for me. So I feel like I'm giving him like, you know, oh, drink out <laughs> flowers. of the flowers. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, yeah, buddy, like it could just be a hole on the side of the thing. I would still drink out of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
so you know it is it's very long and thin so like bees can't get in there so other like it's designed just so hummingbirds can drink oh this, i was just gonna ask nectar. like yeah wouldn't like bugs and stuff also Ants, yeah, yeah 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 we haven't we haven't had any problems with that yet because it's designed so well so yeah you know reading about how uh, all the various flowers that hummingbirds eat out of like and they've evolved co they have co-evolved with the hummingbird that if the flower you know kind of preferentially is advantageous to be pollinated by a hummingbird versus insects it'll evolve to have a very long Whoa. kind of spout where you get to the nectar that plant goes away kind of bumming there they got to find you know a new source or you know like if the plant goes extinct they'd really be in trouble and then i was thinking like okay well what about the opposite like what about if the plant stays and the animal goes away so i discovered the concept where say you have a plant or any species but a plant in particular where it has sort of evolved and lived past its partner if you will it's oh. called an, an evolutionary anachronism. So you guys remember we talked about a while ago, a long time ago about like um, chili peppers and how like yeah. birds and chili peppers are uh, like work really well together because the the hot oil doesn't bother the birds, but they eat the they eat the chili peppers and then they go poop the seeds. they poop out the seeds far away and then the plant grows. And but also like, the other animals won't eat the chili pepper because it's so spicy. Exactly. So it works out great for like the plant is like it has a defense against animals whose gut maybe destroyed the seeds and the animal that can transport it isn't affected by the oil. Most plants that produce something with a seed, the way it gets regenerates a new plant is some animal eats it, travels a little bit away, poops it out and it grows into a new plant. There are some plants, many plants I found out if you're a botanist and you look at this plant today, you're like, the plant spends so much energy producing a seed that no animal can eat. It's crazy. Why does it do this? And the only like explanation. So here's the here's the best example. The avocado. The avocado. I want you to think about how That's honking true. big that little pit slash seed. It's a seed in the middle of the avocado is. Yeah, like you couldn't chew that. I mean, it's, you know, it's toxic, you know, depending on the animal, mildly to severely toxic. But even if you could, you couldn't chew that. And then you start thinking like, okay, yeah, well, what animal could chew an avocado seed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Transport and it. Exactly. And t and take it any kind of distance. So yeah, so the avocado is really kind of, uh, I, I read one author called it, it is a fruit of a different time. The avocado really reached its peak in the Cenozoic era. Okay. It's an old, old, old plant and fruit. Back then across North America, we had giant ground, like ground sloths, just huge ground animals. Okay. Who could in one bite chomp an avocado swallow it whole it's rich and kind of fatty and tasty enough to be attractive <laughs> poop, poop and the then pit. poop and then poop out this avocado pit right exactly wow. it makes sense it makes so much sense and they know so how big they were? there's an animal called the gomphothere uh <laughs> and I, I hope i'm pronouncing that correctly uh but that they think would have been probably a primary eater of avocados i mean it kind of looks like an elephant it, it's in that family oh, okay and Ground sloths as well. I mean, you guys have probably seen, you know, tree sloths. And I'm not talking like, you know, with Kristen Bell. And, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, huge, 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 like the size of a car, bigger than a car. <gasps> so the avocado, it's really kind of a mystery 
how the avocado sort of made it far enough to get to the point that humans could be like, oh, this, this is a is really good. I'm going to breed this thing and then make it fatter and tastier. And yeah, you know, I, I, I've read that, you know, these avocados that we're talking about 10,000, 12,000, 13,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah it, it would have it would have looked like an avocado, but it, there was not nearly as much flesh on it. It wouldn't be as rich. You probably wouldn't find it nearly as tasty, but you know, a giant ground sloth would, would still eat it and still poop out the seed a long way away. So somehow or another, it hung on, you know, and that's not to say that these plants die out because, you know, they can still drop the fruit. And the fruit, you know, for these plants, usually it'll rot on the ground and it might seed there, it might take over, but, you know, then it's competing with the parent plant, right? For resources, yeah, yeah, for yeah, water. Yeah. And, you know, there might be an animal that, you know, maybe a rat comes along and carries a little bit of a way and kind of chews at it. And, it. Yeah. yeah, it's not, it, you're not getting the kind of real oomph that's worth the energy that you spent however many years and years and years building up this kind of cool little massive seed inside this fleshy uh, uh, surrounding. At this point, obviously, humans are like, we got this, you know, and the, the avocado was was well known in uh, Mexico. We can go back 500 BC and find evidence of them growing and eating avocados. Uh, and then the conquistadors came over, they discovered avocado from the Aztecs. And, and it, I mean, it really is a new world plant fruit. Uh, and in fact, you know, our home state today, uh, they say like 90% of all avocados in the world come from California. Like we, we have, yeah. we've got avocados, the industry locked down here. So yeah, even today, they kind of theorize like in North America, the, the only animal today that might kind of be big enough to eat the avocado and still swallow the pit might be like, you know, a big cat or something like that, a cougar maybe, but there's no evidence that, that they eat them. Yeah. If you see them around, now you have the term for them as evolutionary anachronism. Oh, and I have something that is almost the opposite of what you just talked about. A really quick fact. The internet is is always full of like, hey, gross out factoids. And I'm sure you guys probably have come across something about the fig, the fig fruit, right? The the big gross out fact is like the figs actually have a dead wasp in them because that's how they how they <laughs> reproduce, right? So really you're eating a dead wasp when you're eating a fig. In my mind, I I knew that, but in my mind, I imagine a like a one one and a half inch dead wasp carcass half disintegrating inside the fig fruit. <laughs> it seems like that's how they're selling it to me. This fact, right? Like, it, like right, in the right. Matrix when he's in those big pods, everybody's yeah. like in a pod. It, it's like <laughs> yeah. that, but but it's a, a wasp, and it's a yeah, it's yeah. like draining the the life force. You know, that's, <laughs> to, to, to me, that's what. It feels like, but it's not. I looked it up. Like a fig wasp is tiny, 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 mm -hmm. and and it goes into the. It looks kind of like a butthole of of the fig fruit, <laughs> and the fig essentially. I mean, it's like a ball, but inside is inverted flowers. So the flowers don't bloom out; they grow into this oh. ball. This is why it needs. It requires right, right. this wasp to come into uh. this ball. Mm -hmm. to spread and roll around pollen to pollinate the flowers inside. Also, the fig wasp then also lays eggs in the fruit. Those baby wasps grow up and they fly out. They like bore holes out and, and they fly out. <laughs> yeah. And they're really, really, really tiny. And so then, they're gone. But it's very tiny. Like, <laughs> I'd imagine something like 
a millimeter. <laughs> You're like, mm. it's, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's not like, yeah, it's a, no, like a two inch fat. You couldn't see it with the naked eye, very tiny. I thought that by the time that you actually were eating the fig, that fig wasp's body was pretty much gone dissolved. because yeah. it dissolves. Right. Yeah, it gets absorbed. So it's really more like a wasp essence at that point. <laughs> it's an ode de wasp. The story gets crazier. Maybe I'll save that for another episode. What? Um, it's it's it, it, <laughs> now I feel like you have to say. So I'll give you some bullet points. The boy wasps hatch first. And they make their way through the fruit and out the fruit. And they, they bore these holes and they're a little bit bigger. So, so they would bore holes um, and they would leave uh, some reproductive materials so that when the female baby wasps, they go through the holes that the males have already bore through. They also get mm. uh, inseminated. Mm-hmm. And then that, that wasp then goes to another fruit and does, does the same thing. It is not a big wasp in the middle <laughs> it is a tiny wasp and there you have it and there you go hmm. <laughs> now i'm like thinking about every time i've had figs in my life oh yeah I'm like when's the next time i'm gonna have a fig <laughs> hey matt did you know that wombats poop cubes nope never heard that before did you know the unicorn is the national animal of scotland ken i didn't know nor do i care neil did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus... Tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's triviality. Well, these have been some very interesting stories, everybody, about real-life plants. Um, but I, uh, my stories are much more interesting because the plants that I have chosen, they are absolutely fascinating uh, plants with stories that you will not even believe. And I don't want us to get distracted by the fact that they may not technically exist. In fact, definitely <laughs> don't actually exist. In fact, this is a, a quiz for you all about famous fictional Plants, famous fictional plants, plants that have appeared in fiction. They do not exist. Some of these are going to be specific plant-based characters. Some of them are going to be, uh, you know, like vegetation described in certain works of fiction, etc. Interesting. It's everywhere. So this is going to be a write-down quiz, which means that I want you all to get your pens and papers ready, and I will keep track of everybody's scores. Here we go. Question one. This fictional plant's singing voice was famously provided by Levi Stubbs of the R&B group The Four Tops. Oh! Go ahead and hold those answers up when you're ready. Oh, no. Uh, Colin and Dana have both written down Audrey 2, while Karen has written down California Raisin. Uh It is, in fact, good, good, good thought process on that one, Karen. But yes, it is, in fact, Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, man. Colin and Dana get one point each. Yes. Yep. 
He was a Venus um, flytrap, right? Or he's an alien. Audrey too was an oh, alien. Oh, okay. Yeah, sort of looked like a Venus flytrap. Yeah, had the mouth. <laughs> All right. What comic strip are you reenacting if you were to travel to the Cedar Point theme park in Sandusky, Ohio, and ride a ride called the Kite Eating Tree? I have been to Cedar Point, Ohio. Awesome, good roller coasters. Okay, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, Colin is ready. Darren is ready. Dana is ready. Hold up your answers. Uh, Dana says Calvin and Hobbes. Colin says Peanuts. And Karen says Family Circus. The winner, one of you is right, and it's Colin. The kite-eating tree famously eats all of Charlie Brown's kites in Peanuts. Oh, we got some Colin. Colin is uh, putting some Colin daylight between himself and the other competitors with his <laughs> fictional he plant his fake knowledge. Plants, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see if anybody can catch up here. Playing. Okay. Question number three. <clears throat> Playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons, you come across a myconid. M Y C O N I D. It resembles an anthropomorphic what? Playing Dungeons and Dragons, you come across a myconid. It resembles an anthropomorphic what? Karen is ready. Dana is ready. Colin is ready. Colin says mushroom. Dana says mushroom. And Karen says mushroom. And you're all correct. Yes. A myconid. Myco, that uh, that Greek prefix meaning fungal. Everybody gets a point. Question number four. If you are playing a Super Mario Brothers game, then you touch a blue flower. What power will you gain? Oh. If you're playing a Super Mario Brothers game and you touch a blue flower, what power will you gain? Karen seems ready. Colin's eyebrows are going up. <laughs> and Dana wrote something down. Okay. Oh. Um, Dana says water shooting. Colin says fireballs. And Karen says ice balls. The correct answer is Ice, ice balls. Yes. That ice was balls. what I was going to say, but I was like, no, mm. I don't remember any snowy ones. Yeah, when, yeah, when did yeah. it first so, appear? Uh, I believe you know? in the new Super Mario Brothers series and maybe new Super Mario Brothers Wii, I think. Might be oh. the first appearance oh. of that. Yeah. I really yeah, should have yeah, put yeah, that down ice. All right. It is the year 1993. Ooh. You are a student at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. You are enrolled in herbology class, learning about gillyweed and mandrakes and things like that mm-hmm. who was your teacher i knew you were gonna say that oh, but what is the teacher's name <laughs> 1993 i want to be very clear yeah 1993 is when uh harry hermione ron that's when they were all at hogwarts oh, 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 oh. yeah oh my god all right Freebie point back to the back to the, back to the field here. We'll see if they, if they get it. If they I get it, remember. this is weird esoteric Harry Potter knowledge. Okay, everybody is ready. Okay, Colin says Vineward Vinesworth. Excellent, excellent answer. Uh, Dana says Professor Tomato Paste. What no, did you write down? I said <laughs> Professor Toot Whistle. <laughs> Professor Toot Whistle. Um, <laughs> whereas Karen has said. Sprout <laughs> and Karen is corrected as Professor Sprout, oh Professor of Herbology. <laughs> and we'll jump right into question uh, number two. Following up on that, uh, what former Hogwarts student eventually became a professor of herbology oh, around the year 2018? 
I did ask that. I just asked it. Which of Harry's, you know, school classmates that you read about in those books later went on to become professor of herbology? Karen is locked in. Dana is holding her. What, what's it up? Colin is like, I don't read these books. I will never read these books. And I'm going to make right. something up. So Colin says, Neville second tier. <laughs> Neville second tier. Uh, Dana says Neville Longbottom. Karen says Neville Longbottom. And in fact, it is Neville Longbottom. Man. I so Colin I, was so close. Yeah, you so, were really close. I, you know. you know, I was, I was like, I knew it wasn't going to be one of the main characters. So then I was yeah. like, I think there's a Neville in there. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Longbottom, in the Lord of the Rings books, Longbottom Leaf, <laughs> Southern Star and Old Toby are examples of what? Ooh. I'll tell you, i say it again. Speaking of Longbottom, in the Lord of the Rings books, Longbottom Leaf, Southern Star, and Old Toby are examples of what? What do you what do y'all think? Karen is locked in, Dana seems locked in, Colin is still writing. This is the nerd stuff that Colin uh, did uh, write. Uh, Karen oh. Karen says an ent, E-N-T. Uh, Dana says tobacco. And uh, uh, Colin says, what did you write, Colin? I maybe, but no. Right, I, right, 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 right. I like what the Karen answer put. is smoking leaf. Oh, no. <laughs> that's yeah, correct. Right. And, and Dana, you are also correct with, with tobacco oh. as well, because that's what Tolkien was trying to do. So, yes. Longbottom leaf, old Toby. Oh. Yes. And Southern Star are all strains... What Tolkien called it was pipe weed, pipe weed. <laughs> okay. But they changed it. it. They changed it in the movies because basically you're not going to be able to say pipe weed in the '90s and not have anybody thinking that. It. I was, you know, there was going to be an ent question, but then the pipe weed question just got uh, more oh, interesting better. to me with the, with the names. Uh, you are all tied. You all have four points each right now. Oh. Interesting. All right, here's one. The name of this mythical tree translates to Odin's horse. <sighs> The name of this mythical tree translates to Odin's horse. Ah, uh, not right. That's but good. I it's so funny. I read something about this. <sighs> Old brains. All right, Karen is she's got her paper up. Uh, blocked. Uh, um, uh, Colin is, is thinking about. I know it's five, four. You're not running this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two. One. Okay. Pencils down. Colin says, Yaramir Jaeger. Um, <laughs> Dana says, what did Mjolnir. you write there? Mjolnir. Oh. <laughs> Aaron wrote Yggdrasil, That's the it. world tree. That is it, is Yggdrasil. Dana wrote down Thor's hammer, which in the absence of another guess is a fine guess. I'm like, here you go. Colin wrote down another Harry Potter character. Um, <laughs> Exchange student. That was a, that was a, three, a hockey yes. player, but close enough. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Um, just, you know, little we know of sports that you put a real they, athlete's yes. name. We're like, oh yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> yep, they both do uh, hat tricks. Oh, that's great. Um, I should have so, put, put Idris Elba, and maybe you would have given it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. On April Fool's Day in 1957, the BBC broadcast a hoax report about Swiss families harvesting what food item off a fictional tree? All right. I got this one. On April oh. Fool's Day in 1957, the BBC broadcast a hoax report about Swiss families harvesting what food item off a fictional tree? Everybody's up. Uh, Colin oh. says spaghetti. Dana says... I forgot. I can't read it. Oh, cookies. I was cookies. Like, oh, and Karen says spaghetti. Yes, it is the great spaghetti tree hoax on BBC of 1957. 
uh, discussed on Good Job Brain episode 104, the April Fool's episode. Go listen to it if you want to find out more about that. And we have two more questions left. It is truly anybody's game. If you eat a senzu bean to restore your fighting energy, if you eat a senzu bean to restore your fighting energy, in what Japanese animated series have you somehow become a character? Series. Japanese animated series. Are you a character if you eat a senzu bean to restore your your fighting energy? All right. All right. Everybody is up. Colin says Dragon Ball. Karen says Dragon Ball. And Dana says Naruto. It is Dragon Ball. (laughs) It is Dragon Ball. I have 0% chance of getting this right. I don't watch. Uh, I almost guessed Naruto because I was like, oh, maybe that's how they sprint. Yeah. Okay. We have one question left. Karen has seven points. Colin has six points. Dana has four points. Um, The final question is, and this final question is for... 100 point no uh this final question is for, is for one point i'm not okay. changing things up all right in the dr seuss book the lorax the lorax is trying to protect what type of tree from deforestation uh, I don't know. in the lorax he is trying to protect what type of tree from deforestation also in the motion picture the lorax also in the ipad app based on the lorax Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. It's a tough one. It's tough. Colin says banana. Karen says Ajax. And Dana says yellow belly belly sneech tree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is the truffula tree. Truffula tree. Lorax is protecting the truffula tree. Rhyme with Lorax. Right, right, right. Good. Okay, Good so that's the final scores. Uh, Dana has four points. Colin has six points. And Karen. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MKUltra? Wait, what? (laughs) Anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. Coming from behind to take take it with seven points. Good job, Karen's brain. Freed me. (laughs) Who is from the Temptations or Four Tops? Levi said the Four Tops. The Four Tops. Four Tops. Not the Temptations. (laughs) Okay. My turn. Mm -hmm. Well, flowers and plants are great to look at. But they're also delicious. I don't know if this is true for you guys, but when I was a kid, I refused to eat salads. Um, (laughs) I just didn't like salads. I was like, why would anybody want to eat this? But now as an adult, I love salads. You can put so many different things in it. It feels so fresh. It's so refreshing to eat. Um, So here I have a little game that I'm calling Toss That Salad. (laughs) Yeah, These are not just... Any salads. They are specifically and properly named salad. So what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to list out ingredients of famously named salads. 
Then you can buzz in if you think you know what salad I'm describing. Does that make sense to everybody what we're doing? Yeah. yeah. All right. So here we go. Our first named salad. Name that salad. I'm going to read the ingredients. Here we go. Romaine lettuce. Parmesan cheese. Oh, no. I don't know how to pronounce this. Right. Worcester sauce. <laughs> Wor- <laughs> Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody knows. Mm -hmm. I think, Chris, you buzzed in first. Caesar salad. Correct. It is Caesar salad. The following ingredients I was going to read is croutons and anchovies. Correct. It is Caesar salad. Named after what? Uh, The chef's who made it, right? Yeah. Caesar Cardini, I believe, is his name. Caesar (laughs) Milan. You fed it to daddy every day. (laughs) Uh, Caesar salad. Not named after the Roman Emperor Caesar, but invented in a swanky hotel in Mexico during Prohibition. Uh, A lot of the Hollywood A-listers would come down to Tijuana in the swanky hotel, and this is where the Caesar salad was invented. (laughs) Wait, wait. Did they also prohibit salad in America? (laughs) (laughs) Next salad. Toss that salad. Tomato. Basil. Mozzarella cheese. Dana. Caprese? Caprese salad. Caprese salad. Correct. Named after a region in Italy. Here we go. Toss that salad. (laughs) Celery. Apple. Walnuts. Oh, Colin. Is that a Waldorf salad? Correct. A Waldorf salad. Following ingredients also include grapes. And mayonnaise, <laughs> the Waldorf <laughs> salad, named after the Waldorf Hotel, not the old guy from the Muppets. Yeah, <laughs> although they were both named after the same thing. Yeah, 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 for for hotels. All right, toss that salad, lettuce, grilled meat, or grilled meats, shredded cheese, taco hmm. salad. Incorrect. Hmm. Ready for the next ingredient? And the final ingredient, French fries. Lettuce, grilled grilled meats, meats, shredded shredded cheese, French French fries. Properly named existing salad. Salad. Something Homer Simpson would come up with. Yeah, what is it? It's called the Pittsburgh salad. Pittsburgh (laughs) salad. A real thing. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Toss that salad. Here we go. Salad greens. Avocado, hard boiled egg. Oh, Chris. To say Cobb salad? Oh, you're so good. Yeah. Cobb salad. So, salad greens, avocado, hard boiled egg, red wine vinaigrette, Rockfort cheese, mm. chicken, and bacon. Some say it came out of the famous Hollywood Brown Derby uh, restaurant. Named after the owner, Robert Howard Cobb, Cobb salad. Mm-hmm. It's one of those great salads where the lettuce just sort of disappears into a uh, into Delicious. a sort of melange of meat, cheese, and eggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Toss that salad. Greens, tomatoes, hard-boiled egg, olives, anchovies. <sighs> Greens, tomatoes, hard-boiled egg. Olives, anchovies. This sounds like some straight 1950s level salad making right here. 
is it Niswa salad? Correct! It yeah. is correct! Oh, hey! Oh. The salad. Niswa's, a proper Niswa's. I think like when we buy it at the, the, the coffee shop, there's like a bunch of other stuff in it, but this yeah. is like classic. Oh, I didn't Niswa's. realize that was the classic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Toss that salad. Here we go. Mixed greens. Mm-hmm. Vinaigrette dressing. Mm-hmm. All right. Dried cherries. Oh. Blue cheese. Oh, yeah. uh, What is this? My dad is eating this. What is this? It sounds good. Are there more? Those are the foretelling ingredients. It's got the red from the cherries and the white and the blue from the blue cheese. So maybe it's an an America salad. Or French. Freedom freedom (laughs) salad. Another French one. The tricolor. Mm. Uh, oh man, I've seen my dad eat this before. I, 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 you know, I've seen people eat this. I didn't know it had this name. It is called a Michigan salad. Oh, or okay. Michigan style salad, which okay. is putting those toppings onto different types of greens. Michigan salad. Wow. What salad is referred to as the king of salads? <laughs> the king of salads Budweiser is beers it is yes it's not the caesar salad it is a a, so i was gonna say like uh, a chef salad but uh, caviar in it or something yeah can we work this out somehow uh it has a a seafood in it a shrimp shrimp cocktail lobster salad king of salad king crab oh there we go is it also called a louis Louis. crab louis Louis. salad Got it. King okay. of salad, uh, which I thought it. was one. And here's another fun fact. I'm not going to make it a question. Uh, there's something I read, and this is not in the proper quiz because it's not a, in the spirit of things, it's not a proper salad. It is one of those weird dessert salads. Okay. It's called a Watergate salad. Um, <laughs> and what's in it is pistachio pudding, uh-huh. canned pineapple, whipped topping, pecans, and marshmallows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's, yeah, that's that classic 1950s, you know. And it's bright uh, green. Dessert. The fun fact is um, in 1925, uh, Harper's and, and Brothers, they published a book of uh, called Favorite Recipes of Famous Women back in 1925. And Helen Keller, her, her recipe was for what she calls a Golden Gate Salad. Which is uh, the same ingredients because um, it reminded her of California. <laughs> I mean, it must be good. To which she had <laughs> right. never it been. Just, it it's sounds like a lot of sugar, to be honest. Yeah. It just sounds like yeah. a lot of sugar in one place. It, it can look like delicious gelato or it can also look like wallpaper paste. Like it's kind of a mix between <laughs> the two. It's one of those that you want to eat quickly before it all melts together. Anyways, well, that's my quiz. Thank you guys for, for eating right. your greens. <laughs> I want to look something up real quick. So we we talked about Wald- Waldorf and this funny thing just popped in my head about Waldorf the Muppet. He, you know his wife's name is no. Astoria. Uh, <laughs> look, that's great. She looks exactly like Statler. That's great. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, I need to look <laughs> this up. Yeah. That's Which really one is good. Waldorf? Is he the round one or the long one? Uh, I think the more round one. Oh my gosh! It is. We're all it's it. We're all in a way right now. Yeah, that's really good. That's a great little trivia Muppet nugget. Wow! She wow! Wow! Once, just once, and it's it's Stadler with a wig. How Ooh. funny! That's hilarious. All right, we got one last segment. Colin, let it grow. 
I will let it grow. I have a quiz for you guys about celebrity names. The answer to every question in this quiz will be a celebrity's name that has a plant or floral or growth (laughs) related uh, tie-in. I think it'll become very clear after we do a couple of these. Uh, You you should clue right in. Remember, if the clue feels a little sparse, remember the answer will always have a plant, flower, growing tie-in. Okay, so why don't you guys get your barnyard buzzers ready? And here we go. This British actor is not the only one in her family with a floral-themed name. Her two older sisters are named Kika Rose and Poppy Sophia, a model and musician in their own right. Oh, jeez. Is it Peaches Geldof? Oh, that's not a bad guess. That was my guess. guess. It is not Peaches Geldof. This is a a, a current working actor. actor. Oh, I have another another guess. Yeah. Is it Lily Collins? Oh, it is not Lily Collins. Whoa. Daisy Ridley. More. Yes, it is, in fact. Daisy oh, Ridley. There you go. Okay. I was like, yes. Colin likes Star Wars. Yeah. Yes, Daisy Ridley, her two older sisters. I thought that was a good floral themed one. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I like plant names as people names. Next question. Before his career in politics, he was the captain of the Yale baseball team and a Navy pilot in World War II. Is it Dana. George Bush? It is George H.W. Oh, Bush. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, yes, and, and in fact, twig. <laughs> yeah, Leaf famously shot down as a pilot, in fact. Um, oh. So, next question. This Tony, Grammy, and Emmy award winning actor and comedian got her big break on TV's Laugh In in 1969. <laughs> Dana, again, I think is what I heard oh, first. Yeah. Is it Lily Tomlin? It uh, is Lily Tomlin. Very, very close to her EGOT there. Just got to get, just got to get this lady an Oscar. Next question. This youthful actor has performed on stage, both on Broadway and in London's West End, but he is also the only lead actor to appear in both the Lord of the Rings and the Pirates of the Caribbean series. <laughs> Uh, I will give it to Chris, even though Dana what? may have shaded it. We keep points now. Why don't you guys go together? Who is this? Orlando, Orlando Blue. Blue. Yes. Karen, Orlando you were not asked to chime in. <laughs> I wanted to be <laughs> trying to Trying to sneak in, but nobody's listening. No points. Yes, that is Orlando Bloom uh, portraying Legolas and uh, Will Turner, respectively, in those two movie series. Next question. This former Major League Baseball player and manager had the nickname Charlie Hustle in his playing days. Unfortunately, he is currently banned from all official association with Major League Baseball for gambling on games while he was a manager. Who is this? Confidently. Okay, everybody. Pete, Pete Rose. Rose. Rose, that is correct. Pete Rose. And now we scrubbed. should say, yeah, scrubbed. Yeah, you know, it's controversial. Every few years, he kind of, you know, trying to tries to make his case to get back in the good graces of Major League Baseball. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know where he spends most of his time? I, I've seen him like a couple times now. Las Vegas. 
at yeah, like memorabilia yeah. stores doing doing yep. signings. Oh yeah, <laughs> wait, didn't yeah. he walk by him like one time? Well, like every oh, time, really? yeah. yeah, many well, times, many. Not, I was like, well, Pete Rose again. Uh, next question. This British rocker accepted an invitation from Jimmy Page to become the lead singer for one of the biggest rock bands of all time. Chris. Robert Plant. That is, of course, <laughs> Robert Plant. Duh. Robert. Damn it. I was like, not <laughs> Axl Rose, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Axel Rose does not make an appearance on this quiz. He would qualify, but yes, Robert Plant. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Couple more here. All right. This alliteratively named Academy Award winning actor was born in Georgia, but she moved to New York City in the 1980s, where she actually shared an apartment with Frances McDormand. She, like Frances McDormand, uh, has some notable appearances in Coen Brothers films. One of her early roles was in Raising Arizona. Karen. Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Got it. That's right. That's right. She has a really good Marvel Comics name. She'd be like a reporter, you know. Yeah. Uh, All right. Last one. Short clue here. Short clue. This American singer is the second youngest person to win a Grammy Award. Chris. Blue Ivy Carter. Correct. Oh, yes. Right. At nine years old. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Really getting her start early. Uh, Blue Ivy Carter uh, became the second youngest person to win a Grammy. She shared uh, with uh, her mother, you may have heard of her mother, a singer of some mm-hmm. renown named Beyonce, and her father, of course, no slouch himself, Jay-Z. So she was also the youngest uh, person to ever win a BET award. I mean, she's she's racking them all up here um, at just nine. Yeah, so years she's old. currently she currently holds the record for youngest. She's the second youngest person to win a Grammy. Who is the youngest? The youngest person to win a Grammy uh, was part of a a country group, the the Peace All Sisters. Oh, okay. They were 8, 11, and 14. Again, we will tie it all back together uh, with the Coen brothers. They they won the Grammy for their song in the soundtrack. Oh, Brother, we're out though. Album of the year in 2002. Um, so there we go, guys. A little bit of uh, plant flower growth based questions for you all. I think you guys got every single one there eventually. Good job. Oh, you know my the, cousin the, won I mean, a Grammy you know last the, week. What? What? <laughs> go on. She's, she's a classical musician. Her group won. I forget the name of her group. But yeah, she like she's really, really talented and really beautiful. So she like has performed on Saturday Night Live in the background for people Whoa. like doing the viola, wow. like like and other people when they ever they need a viola on Saturday Night Live, they get her to show up. Wow! That's yeah, and that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned stuff about fake plants, about avocados, figs. And also salads. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and on all podcast apps. And also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Traffic jams 
tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.